0: All right, I see Men and in Black International isn't doing so hot. You know, a pretty manufactured piece of work that was. At the end of the day, you weren't going to get anything original out of it other than maybe familiarity and a bunch of cheap laughs. But at the end of the day, like, what is everybody complaining about? Wait, wait, wait. let's see this review here. Men and in Black International Tanks is comedy dead? Alright, alright, alright. You know what? That's it. That is ridiculous. Uh, see, first off, just because you get a crap sequel that nobody wanted, doesn't mean that the whole ideal and genre of comedy is dead. Might be a little comatose here or there, but guess what? It's my time to wake it up. So you know what that means, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the J-Man Show here on K360 Radio. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a click away. Order online and pick up at your local store. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto parts. Hey, what's going on, J360 Legion? Welcome to the J Man Show. And I am your host, J Man, of course, <laughs> here for episode 105. Ladies and gentlemen, it is good to be here. I am happy to see all of you. I hope you all have been doing well. You know, it's almost like I've been gone for pretty much uh, less than 24 hours because I did the mini-bites yesterday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, man. You know, so, it's interesting, right? We are on the eve of Spider-Man time, and right now the Avengers are about to go back to the movies again. You know, so that old Kevin F- Fiji or Fiji, whatever his name, can go ahead and break the Avatar record. So nobody will ever care about those friendly neighborhood blue people again unless you are reminiscing about the Smurfs. And no, I'm not talking about the movies. Uh, and as far as I can go about saying, I see that we may to well get a reunion of sorts in one of these latest movies that came out from Chris Helmsworth and Tessa Thompson as far as Men in Black International. You know, Men in Black International is one of those kind of movies... That much like Ghostbusters in 2016, you knew it was coming, you could feel it coming, but at the end of the day, it kind of is one of those things that you really don't need. You know what I'm saying? Like, You don't want such a thing. I know some of y'all out there probably disagree with me and say, hey, they did so well in another movie that will be mentioned later on. It'll be important later. But you see... Just because that same parap is there doesn 't mean that 's going to translate the film. sometimes we forget the most important part of a film is the script and the story you 're trying to tell but if you 're going to do bang bang shoot 'em up with aliens and you just want to go ahead and make something lacklustre out of it why don 't you just go ahead and find like uh, something like Let's see, uh, what's the generic sequel that dealt with aliens that came out before? Why don't you just go ahead and piece together another paint by number Star Wars film, I, I, I suppose. Or, you know, I, yeah, yeah, why don't you just put another um, Star Trek movie out there, which we could have got at one time, but due to reasons, we never got that movie. Or we are getting that movie, but it's in a whole different situation. Yeah, that movie's gonna tank. But I'll tell you the honest truth about it, though. The reason why I haven't really delved into Men in Black International so far in this series, other than today, is because I knew the movie was gonna suck. I liked I liked the earlier ones, since I knew that they weren't gonna really refer to, um, you know, Agent K and J, except for a couple of throwaway pictures or a couple of um, references, or you know, Agent O is there, who is um, overseeing all of Men in Black. I mean, other than all of that. Since, since when did you need to know that they had an international branch, huh? An international branch was always there. They cover the earth, for goodness sakes. That is exactly what Men in Black is. I mean, damn. You know, that's the, that's the franchise, for goodness sakes. You know what I'm saying? The whole point of them is, is that we're not supposed to know they exist. That's why they have the, you know, the neuralizer, or no. Yeah, yeah where they go ahead and make us a neutral so that we don't know about them existing. But you see, as per usual, when we get these new like 20-year sequels down the road, unless the same people worked on it, or and even that's debatable from time to time, unless it's like somebody really knows the story and knows where this vehicle is going, it isn't going to do much in terms of anything, and it's just going to be there as a blight on life where you're like, why in the world would anybody waste all this money putting something like this together? Now, if you're going to reunite Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth on something, might I suggest like a, a vehicle that you can really put them behind? You know, they can make their own kind of story. Not necessarily a sequel to it. Men in Black doesn't need a sequel, per se. It doesn't need a soft reboot, per se. I mean, chances are you, some of y'all will disagree with me. But the truth is, it's like, you know, you look at it, it was manufactured based off of nostalgia. And yeah, some of y'all will talk about how tiresome the jokes are and all these other things. But poor Chris Helmsworth, man. He's still trying to find that movie to break him out of the whole Thor typecast. Even though at the same time he's having a fun time playing Thor. But, you know, eventually he's going to try to get up out of it because he wants to find more work. And I thought Black Hat was a pretty good movie. You know, one of them nice cyber-based thrillers. But... Before I digress, when I see this article here talking about that is comedy dead, I just have to say this, okay? F that. Comedy is not dead. Comedy is an art form. Comedy will always be around us because you know why? You always got people out there doing stupid things and finding more and more ways to screw themselves over royally to the point where it's like, you know, certain people who Claim that they go to work all the time, but they're so lazy and they never do their job, but they find themselves in a cluster and they usually get their come up and taken to them. There's a lot of comedy that surrounds that. That stuff is funny. Or like, you know, say like you work really hard throughout the day. And you know, your your friends and your family, they ain't worth anything to you at this point. So you need something to kind of loosen up with. So you turn on some of your favorite stand-ups. Or you go to like your favorite comedy radio. Or your comedy podcast like this one from time to time. And you um, just sit there and have a good time. You laugh, you chuckle, and you enjoy yourself. Like right there, that that that's enlightening. That's why you need comedy. But because of this manufactured piece of crap here. People got a nerd to want to say comedy is dead? No, 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 no. Hold on a second. There was going to be a true sequel to Men in Black, and it was going to be Men in Black meets 21 Jump Street, which 21 Jump Street changed into a comedy in its movie form, which was hilarious. Both of those movies were actually pretty decent. Like you look at Rush Hour. Some of those movies, yes. Action overtones. But plenty of comedy to supply the laughs. Like, when you have those little bit of tidbits here and there to make people laugh and enjoy themselves, you know, to loosen up from time to time, there's nothing wrong with it. But much like anything, it is an art form. And you see, nowadays, people do that tiresome comedy. People do that whole, hey, sex joke, sex joke, penis joke, penis joke, all this other stuff, all the time, as a way of getting people to laugh, and then, you know, it gets tiresome once you figure out how formalistic it is. And you see, going back over here to Men in Black International, much like Ghostbusters 2016, which had four funny women from Saturday Night Live in it, but at the time, a lot of people didn't really care for a Ghostbusters sequel. And if they did, they wanted the original people back, but you know, you still try to wonder if it's going to achieve anything because the jokes were pretty funny in Ghostbusters. And then you'll see how far people try to do a reach from here and there. And it's like, you know, it's one of those things where, like, a 20-year sequel is either a hit or a miss. And sometimes we just can't stick the landing with the third one. But as I look at it, though, I also realize the society around us is so butthurt. I mean completely butthurt, just like how, you know, I looked at this article here. That just is a slap in the face to all sorts of stand-up comedians, comedic performers out there who are probably at the bottom of the barrel. But they're doing what they can to climb themselves up on that tightrope so that they can get to that all-star status. And then, of course, you got some people who have faded into obscurity or some people that are trying to make a comeback. And, you know, they keep running into closed doors all the time. And it's not fun and it's not fair. But you do know this, those people exist out there, and then some people also say because the public doesn't care for them, or maybe because the public doesn't notice them, and that really banks on how are they marketing themselves, and how are they reaching out there to those people. But when it comes to comedy, however, you know, like I said before, you want to support comedy, you want to support comedians, and you need to leave your brain at the door, you just need to come on in and enjoy yourself. You know what I'm saying? And if somebody's out there throwing out insult comedy, insult jokes to you, then here's the thing. Don't get offended. You knew what you were getting into when you went to the club, but you had to bring your fifis with you and be like, he shouldn't have insulted my shirt or my dress. (laughs) You knew what the hell you were doing when you put that stuff on. They are allowed to insult you. Pretty much, you're going into their job. Let them do their job. And if you have something to say, and if you're going to try to heckle them, And they shoot back at you and it's a direct hit. That's when you need to go ahead and tap out. Because it's over. Alright? It's just simple as that. If I was up in there, if I come up in there late, I already know I'm in that guy's crosshairs. Or girl's crosshairs. Because there are some funny women out here. Which, by the way, that's another damn thing. Feminism strikes again, right? Because feminism says there are no women comedians. Though there are plenty of them. And not just Amy Schumer's tiresome behind either. Yeah, 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 I know a lot of y'all say, well, she's pretty funny. I've seen her in Trainwreck. I've seen her in, um, you know, her stand-ups before. I've seen them, too. And let me tell you this, much like Dane Cook, I'm not impressed, okay? And she had a pretty good run there. I mean, after all, she released a book. She had a baby. She got married, you know, and she's successful, and she has money coming in. But at the end of the day, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Her type of comedy is probably for the average person's type of comedy. And that's fine. It's the same thing about, you know, Carlos Mancia before he got caught. He used to steal jokes all the time. But, you know, at one time, though, he had a show like Dave Chappelle called Mind of Mancia. And, you know, at the end of the day, people paid attention to it till he got exposed. Uh, you can look at um Ari Schaefer. Uh, same thing with him. And you can also look at the classics, too, like Chris Tucker, Martin Lawrence. Uh, Robin Harris, man. I mean, if you don't have a copy of Baby's Kids, you don't know what comedy is. And the same thing could be said for Richard Pryor and all his albums. And even during the height of clean comedy, you can look at Sinbad. And, of course, a good friend of mine, a couple of good friends of mine, exactly, S. Anthony Thomas and Joe Moffat. Those guys are killing the game, too. I know they are. They're going to be big deals later on in life, just like yours truly. But then again, I don't know. I think S. has been in the game before, so he pretty much knows. But as long as those brothers are still performing, comedy's not dead. And then, of course, you got some more. I mean, I can't believe people try to say there's no female comedians, but some more's been around for years, too. Oh, man. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. You just gotta know exactly where to go and look for these people. And you just sit back and you take it all in. Now, another thing is, even Wanda Sykes. Yeah, can't forget about Wanda. You know, it's like... It it kills me, though, but the source material also is another thing. Some people just don't like being made fun of. Some people just can't stand the idea that, hey, they do wrong and tiresome and ignorant-ass stuff, too. And because the problem is they can't own up to it, then they feel as though, oh, everything's offensive. I'm offended because you called me out on my stuff and I can't handle myself. Oh, rather than take it and mature up and say, you know what, I just won't let it happen again. I'm going to go ahead and try to retaliate you no matter how wrong I am. And because of political correctness like that, people nowadays are trying to fight comedy and trying to put comedy in a box. And when you try to put comedy in a box, like, you look at something like Lenny Bruce. You know, a lot of his material cannot be thrown around unless it's on a premium network. And even if some of the premium networks are filled with butthurt people, just like those that are in your friend's group, J360 Legion, and they will sit there and they will try to shelve that stuff and put it somewhere where it's not relevant anymore. You know, I gotta admit, I stopped cussing on this show, but there's been times where I slipped up too. that's also why i got the j360 radio live show because i could just be as foul as i need to be and as some of you probably have figured it out even when i'm clean i'm filthy and there's a class about it and while you're watching certain movies don't be surprised if they're gonna try to manufacture another sequel to that film like five years down the road thinking that you forgot about it right you know what i'm saying sony pictures i love sony i love the sony corporation for their For many of their products, especially the PlayStation. But I cannot, and I might be destroying a future job here. But I cannot say that I am a fan of what Sony Pictures, the movie industry version, does. I can't. I can't say that I am. Because ever since Spider-Man 3, these people have just been chucking turd after turd after turd. And that also includes to a point where they try to kibosh that one film made by Seth Rogen and... It was Seth Rogen and um, James Franco, one of them. I think, I think they tried to mess with Pineapple Express, even though Pineapple Express managed to achieve its sleeper success, but they also messed with the interview. Hell, they even got hacked by North Korea for what they did. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I gotta admit, that was kind of ballsy. The only movie that I seem to enjoy that came out of Sony so far had to be the Venom movie. Had to be. It wasn't anything else far off, but I always know, like, if this is made by Sony Pictures, I'm gonna go ahead and take notice of this and see exactly what's going on. If I know it's anything outside of the Spider-Man franchise, I probably won't even invest in it because just the way they try to be tiresome about their, about their materials and the way they do things. And, like, right off the bat, Ghostbusters 2016 and Men in Black International are pretty much no different because they try to bank off of your familiarity. There was no story behind any of these. I mean, if anything, it was more like a series of Easter eggs. And then you open up those Easter eggs, and then you didn't get the right candy, now all hell breaks loose. And then they try to string it up with a bunch of jokes that are just not funny. It just wasn't funny. Okay? No matter how it applies, no matter how they're saying, oh, we're going to deal with the societal topics on it. You just don't like the movie because there's a female lead. First off, as a filmmaker, I got to say F you on that. And secondly, as a guy who does have female leads in his productions from time to time. And not only that, because some of these women, they don't have no interest in the filmmaking industry from time to time. And that's why I say, like, it really depends on those that are wanting to give their all to be in the industry, Personal ideals aside, are you feeling confident enough to tell this story? And are you going to go through the process of me telling the story? Because my characters are not Mary Sue's. You see what I'm saying? They lose, they go through a lot of trials and tribulations, just like I did growing up. You know that. And when it comes to certain situations, I have those that are looking for a good story. Or looking for something to achieve and deal with. Not going ahead and please everybody in this otherwise screwed up society of ours, because this construct is ridiculous. Yeah, sure, you bring up problem after problem after problem, but I don't see as a healthy trail of solutions to go with those said problems. If you want to be in this industry, then you better be in this industry. And if you want to do the right thing, then you need to go ahead and just stop doing the wrong thing. And if you want to tell jokes, and if you want to keep comedy alive, then the hell with everybody's feelings and tell your story about it. Do your observational comedy. Do your blue comedy. Do your green comedy. And if you're not about any of those types, then do your clean comedy. It really depends on what you're selling out there. And if people are buying, continue to sell. But remember to add some variety in it, because if you get exposed, or if they look at certain things about your gimmick, and they start taking your gimmick, and they build off your gimmick, you don't have that no more. You see what I'm saying? Because I remember, see, we are a very interesting breed as humans, okay? There is times where we always talk about the grand old idea of originality. Originality is tough. And then you start looking at the people and sources that inspire you, okay? I'm inspired by Richard Pryor and Robin Harris, just to name a few. I'm also inspired by John Singleton, but more on that later. The thing is, is this, okay, if I stick to convention and I try to mimic them, then I'm not being J-Man, you see what I'm saying? But if I take what I learn, little tidbits from them, and I work on my delivery and I try to make the skills and art of my own, and I put them out there, and if I manage to make at least half the room chuckle, then I've already succeeded. Like I said, my type of comedy is not for everybody, but as I put it out there, so uh, can you really say the same thing about movies? Yeah, you can. Because if the jokes are tiresome, or if they're trying so hard to be like Airplane, which had an identical sequel called Airplane 2, and the thing is, they tried so hard to copy from that movie. Right there, that's exactly what the problem is when it comes to the movie industry. They try to, they, they know what works, but then they try to stick to what works. No, 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 no. That's safe. It's like this here's what you do you know what works, try to change up the scenarios a bit. Put the ball in somebody else's corner and then go ahead and speak different scenarios out. Don't repeat the same jokes. It's kind of like how you look at Nutty Professor and Nutty Professor 2. Remember how Nutty Professor 1 during the scene with the Clumps family? It was funny as hell and it still is to this day. But then you look at Nutty Professor 2 where they took that little sub piece there and they made it the whole movie. And it's like, after a while you got kind of tired of them because, yeah sure, they, they have their unique uh quirks and everything about them but the thing is it's not funny and enjoyable it's drawn out the thrill is gone on this i've seen this novelty before and now that you took the novelty and you made it into something i can't stand there's a reason why i don't like this movie you see what i'm saying i mean the same thing could be said about any sort of film like i know like um I know uh, coming, coming to America is supposed to be getting a sequel, too. Like, there are times where I'm like, okay, yeah, I would like to see what happens. I mean, if Eddie Murphy's behind it, you know, and if he's writing it, maybe the things about Eddie Murphy could work. But then you realize that it's today's Eddie Murphy who made his money, who's pretty much looking for another way to get back and stay relevant, I guess. You know, you look at it this way. It's not going to be nowhere near a fraction of the cusp from the 1980s Eddie Murphy. Who was out there doing stand-up. And pretty much just letting everybody know how he felt. And running off the successes of Raw and Delirious. You see what I'm saying? Once again, they are manufacturing and trying to bank off of our nostalgia on this. You have the set pieces here, but you have a formalistic script. And you have it going nowhere to the point where you just wasted your money for about two hours of fluff and um, advertisements. And you see, they are trying so hard. To bank off of our stuff. Take a look at your social media, right? Like when you try to tell a joke out there. See, like what I do on my social media from time to time. I try to tell a little bit of jokes out there. I try to lighten up the day a little bit. People can't have that because of internet censorship. I look at it like this. If you can't handle it, then get the hell out of my sight. Because I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. But I also realize this. They're tracking us. They're tracking every single thing about us. And they're also looking at our likes and our dislikes. Like, you might sit there and you might talk about how you don't like a certain thing being made, but then you look at the reboot, you look who's attached to it, and you're like, yeah, you know what? I, I like this movie. I like the way this whole thing is going. Yeah, this is all right with me. I'm cool with it. <laughs> and then guess what? They're like, gotcha! So what they do is they go ahead and they take all what they need, along with a formulaistic piece of crap, because there ain't no real writing going on over there. And if there was, well, that script's been doctored or thrown out. Take this little piece of crap out here that was made by somebody that works in there, and I'll go ahead, take that title that you're familiar with, slap it on there, and say, hey, boys, start filming. And then, you know, as I say that, I only mean that in the loose term. I don't mean that in the, uh, you know what? Screw you. You know what I meant it as. You're all adults here. You know what I meant it as. For all those of you guys and girls out there that are working in the industry, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, slap that stuff on the script throw it out there say hey people start filming that and it doesn't take much it don't take much and then by the time you're sitting there and you're looking at this you're like oh my god this is horrible what are you all doing this isn't what i wanted at all but hey you paid your you paid your money like everybody else it's the same thing about that sonic movie oh yeah sure we got to see all the moves and everything and the attitude there right But didn't the design of the character look a little... (laughs) Hell, it ain't a little. Did the design of the character look off to you? You know what I'm saying? But hey, that's because they wanted to make it realistic. But hey, we got your attention anyway, because we slapped the Sonic the Hedgehog title on there. And the problem is, there are a lot of movies, even on the B-movie level, that do this. Such as, like, Tekken 2, Kazuya's Revenge. It was a whole different movie, pretty much, built on the framework of that Tekken movie that came out, which wasn't really a stellar hit at all. But because, you know, people saw the first one and were like, Hey, I want to see what happens next. Okay. Well, this is interesting. So that's Kazuya. So this is Kazuya before he becomes a complete a-hole, right? You know, but you never find that out till the end of the movie. And then they show you the Tekken sign at the end. And then pretty much it's like, yeah, I wasted my lifetime watching this crap, which by the way, F that movie. And I've said that before on a blog post of mine. And then you see the thing about it is they're going to keep manufacturing these things. Not necessarily asking us what we like, but by necessarily looking at their algorithm and the data of our habits. And then as they start looking at these things and try to decode it, which, by the way, missing out on certain details of what we want in terms of dialogue and comedy, they start making these crap movies. Yeah, yeah, you know what? They should make another Terminator. And this time, bring Linda Hamilton back. Which is going to happen in November, by the way, because November is really the big sell for sci-fi films. Yeah, because it sold well for Genesis, and it sold well for Salvation, and I guess it sold well for 3. But then again, I actually went to the movies to go see 3, but Salvation, I was like, hell, I'll just wait for to see that on DVD. And when I did, you know, I should have taken it back to that store. Damn $5, Ben. But, like I said before, we need comedy in our life. Comedy is not dead because of horrific movies like this. Comedy is dead when people try to shelve and try to censor and try to get rid of certain things to give you something banked off, banked off of nostalgia. And to the point where it's like they don't have to work as hard to sell you a damn thing anymore. You like this? So we're going to go ahead and keep selling it to you. Even if the jokes get tiresome until you say no, that's when we're going to stop doing these things. But we're going to find another way to go ahead and have an opening around you and get you roped in again. Because now that you hate this movie, okay, let's make another movie that you hate. And you see how confusing things can be, right? Right. And then you look over at, like, Sense... You look over at like censored um, comedy bits. You look at it online all the time. Uh, You look at it from YouTube. You look at it from some podcast sites. You look at it. It, It's a coming. I I can just feel it. I can just feel it because podcasting is one of those industries that's currently thriving right now. But people are going to find a way to try to limit us on a lot of things. Because that's what they want to do. But like I said before, this political correctness. Political correctness is never going to never going to work you see right there that's comedy because i almost fell out my chair trying to get to the point of this but political political correctness and that's what you gotta do if you're gonna sling jokes you gotta learn to laugh at yourself too but political correctness is one of those things that is just gonna just gonna destroy everything you're not gonna please everybody as a performer you should all know this you're not gonna please everybody as a content creator you're not gonna please everybody As any sort of person out here who's engaged in one form of media to another. And you all should know that. Because you are the most hated vehicles out here now. You're not going to please everybody. Stop worrying about everybody. Stop trying to have kid gloves with everybody. And just do you. I, I can't believe all this pandering and all this scarcity mindset kind of stuff. Oh, you know, is everybody can do it. I'm scared. I'm scared of competition. I'm so afraid. You know what? I see people being afraid all the time. And you know what fear does? Fear at some point is a great motivator. But then there are times where it's chronic fear and anxiety to the point where you either freeze up and you don't do anything. Or you just become frantic and just torch everything that you worked on and destroy it all because you left to people who don't care about it. That's happening with Star Wars right now. Because I read Darth Vader 25 and the idea of Sidious being Darth Vader's maker of sorts, cause it wasn't really his father, but his maker of sorts, that to me is just far-fetched and tiresome. And there are people who are blind, blinded enough following that crap saying, because it's canon. Yeah, Disney's behind it. Marvel's behind it. It's canon. I was going to save that for a 106, but to be honest with you, not every damn thing needs an origin story. I kind of like it when things just exist. Sometimes. You know, like Joker. But the only reason why I'm tolerating Joker is because there's Joaquin Phoenix in it and it seems like there's a damn good strip with it. You know what I'm saying? And he kind of reminds me of Heath Ledger's Joker. See, I'm banking off a nostalgia on that. Because as far as I'm concerned, I go see the movie, it could be total crap. And the jokes could be forced. But then again, it depends on what type of Joker you're seeing. Are you seeing the crazy killer Joker? Or are you seeing the, you know, free-for-all chaotic Joker? It really depends. But, as I say before, when it comes to certain movies, like Men in Black International, like Ghostbusters 2016, like, hell, the Nutty Professor films, well, not, not the first one too much. But when it comes to these certain situations, it's tiresome, it's bland, and it's annoying because people are banking off of what you're used to. And they are always trying to find that way to do these things, to push the envelope, but they want to please everybody. And you just can't do that because it don't take much to set one person off where at the same time you're buffering up somebody else or laying out the futon for another while having a bit of nails thrown under your feet because you don't offend this person off and the thing is is this right if you're offended you're not right you're just offended so go on ahead and be butthurt go on ahead and get to that point where hey i'm gonna go ahead and fight you on the issue i'm gonna fight back that's just the way it is because comedy is alive and well, and it should be thriving around. Because, I don't know about you, but there's stuff out there that is really ridiculous right now. Not to mention all the suicides, death, and and the stuff that's going on at the border, along with the detainees. The fact that we got pretty much a live-action concentration camp functioning right now. And no, I'm not talking about those of us that work in retail that have to deal with stupid stuff like... um lazy people and they're getting more and more checks than you and I are because we work hard for our craft but the thing is is this nobody wants to wants to try to just look at stuff and try to laugh about stuff nobody wants to make fun of anything anymore nobody wants to talk about the issue but instead of talking about the issue make fun of it and then make a solution for that issue and then at the end of the day everybody's sitting here saying gee what about me and you know what F you. <laughs> there, I've said it. But since I'm on the j show, I have to doctor it up like that. But the truth is, is this. Yeah, F you in your sensibilities. F you in what you're offended about this week. And by the way, F you in your anxiety. Because at the end of the day, being anxious is not getting the job done. People nowadays have got to learn to loosen up. Got to jump back into this stuff. Got to be a little bit more... open to what their ideals are for entertainment. And while you're at it, right, when it comes to certain movies out there, those corporations are banking off of what we're familiar with because that's what we're familiar with. We say we want something new, but if something new comes along, can't handle it. Jokes are too racy, can't handle it. Jokes are too offensive to fat (laughs) women. Offensive to fat women or fat men. Now you're tired of it, right? Or offensive to those that are sick or offensive to anything. Now, I don't know about you, but laughter is the medicine that we all need. You should be laughing about this stuff. It's what I do from time to time. Anytime Trump's on there doing something stupid, yeah, I'm laughing at him. Because I know it's not real, and I know it's not right, and it's just a fantasy way of going about doing things. Fool thinks he's a king. He's been like that for years. And of course you got every other political figure out there. Like it's like a roulette wheel of what's going on with Incompetence, Inc. Make fun of them too. That's what political satire is all about. But, <laughs> yeah, I get it. You want to be in somebody's good graces and you just don't want to be, you know, yourself. And that's a sad way to go about it, society. It really is. And since I'm not about that life... I love making fun of social elitists. I love making fun of people on social media who pretty much think that their stuff don't stink even though it does and they're throwing feces at everybody around them. But me, because I already know what that person's about and I never fat into that group anyway. Because right off the bat, you don't need to be in somebody else's group. Just be your own person and then just create your own material and then maybe you can build your own network just like me. And still thrive and grow because you've got some originality there. Or one could hope. But I've already talked your ear off enough, ladies and gentlemen. And I just want to say this. Comedy is not dead. It is a society that surrounds it that's comatose and all sorts of messed up. And that is J.M. Brady. And that is my time on the J-Man Show for all of you. So if I don't die in my sleep, I just want to let you all know. It's been an honor working on this series with you. And I will continue to work on some more series ahead of time because I'm not going ahead and putting a pin in this stuff either way. I'm going to keep doing my show. But, you know, if you all have anything to say to me, you know, email me, j360productions at outlook.com. Or leave me a couple of voicemails with 240-903-1634. I'm willing to hear what any of you have to say, you know. And it kind of helps, because that way, like, I'm hearing what the Legion has to say, and I'm seeing what you're all about. It's open to those of you that just found this show, and if you really want to get to know this show and the people on it, hey, might as well just talk to us a few times. Alright? But until then, this is the J-Man signing off. You all take it easy. Peace. Peace. parts OReillyAuto.com is just a click away order online and pick up at your local store visit OReillyAuto.com